This is a podcast from BBC Studios, the commercial subsidiary of the BBC. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Studios TalentWorks podcast with me, Brona Monaghan. And me, Helen O'Donnell. This is an interview series with some of the most exciting and interesting and fascinating digital talent in the industry. Thank you so much for listening and please don't forget to subscribe. We're recording live at VidCon London and um, given the amount of people that are here today, it's 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 really, really busy and it's really exciting to see so many, many people. Um, so these interviews are, are recorded in the press room and there's lots of interviews going on, lots of people coming in and out. So I, I hope it's not too distracting, um, but we've got some really great content and uh, we really hope you enjoy the episode. Our guest today is Nikki Lilly. Hello. Hello. Uh, so we're sitting down with a, a really incredible young lady. Um, Nikki's 14 years old, but she started her YouTube channel when she was just eight. And the channel now sits at over 600,000 subscribers. Her cheerful videos feature makeup tutorials, baking tips, beauty product hauls, and other doses of digital positivity, uh, alongside honest discussions about her health. Nikki is living with an AVM, a rare condition that's characterized by an abnormal connection between arteries and veins and the condition that has caused the right side of her face to swell yeah so nikki's proved herself an accomplished baker and oh my goodness she's won junior bake-off in 2016 (laughs) and in the same year she was also won a pride of britain award she's an established face of cbbc having her own interview series nikki lily meets where she's interviewed such stars as gary lineker nicole scherzinger and even Theresa may yeah she's (laughs) she's had two episodes of my life on cbbc so the my life strand is a documentary series following the highs and lows of children across the world with a unique story to tell. We also, at, um, in our role at BBC Talent Works, did two episodes with Max and Harvey of oh, the really? My Life Channel. Yeah, so I feel like we know it quite well. Oh, yeah. So, Nikki, um, you started your YouTube at a very young age, age of eight. And yes. Really impressive. <laughs> yeah. um, what first inspired you to start the channel? So, when I got diagnosed with my condition, I had to give up all of my hobbies, and I was quite an active child, so a lot of them involved something sporty or strenuous. And with my condition, I can't really do anything like that because it can cause side effects mm-hmm. um, of my condition. And so, I wasn't really going to school, I wasn't really seeing my friends, and I was left feeling quite isolated and lonely and I felt like no one understood me or no one could understand and I just basically lost the joy of life really Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'd always watch YouTube videos that was sort of one of my coping mechanisms um, to sort of block out when I'm having a bad day Um, and I'd always been one to you know love like role play and things like that and so one day I just turned on my iPad um, and I just decided to film like this nail tutorial with this American accent and I mean even though it wasn't a great video the like the amount of joy I had doing it and watching it back was insane and ever since then I just started posting more and more and it's really really helped my confidence grow and I just loved being able to express myself and I didn't even realize that my videos were being seen I just loved sharing my interests and loves with 
whoever was watching. Why an American accent? I don't know. I feel like <laughs> people are so... Well, I did. I don't know about people, but associate, like, mm-hmm. production, like, with, like, American accents. Like, hi, guys. Like, LA, like, Hollywood. Like, <laughs> like, today, I'm doing a nail tutorial. Like, my accent's got a bit better now because I've travelled to America a couple of times for medical treatment, but back then it was so bad. I was like, hi, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I've brushed up a bit on that. But after that first video, I went to English. <laughs> Amazing. So how do you juggle everything at the moment in terms terms of your creative projects but also school yeah so I mean uh I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a struggle um luckily my school is I go to I attend a public school um and luckily they've been very understanding with you know my medical condition and also when I'm um off doing things through the YouTube or TV um so they've been really great and then um if I'm in a hospital having a uh, medical procedure or I've missed a few days of school or even like a month of school, then they're quite good at giving me the work to catch up with, which I try and do in my own time. Um, It is hard. Um, Luckily, I'm doing okay, like, you know, grades-wise and things like that, but it is a lot of stress sometimes, um, and it's a balancing act, but um, they're very good with letting me um, take time off to do the things I love because they know that it could be my future, um, which is really great. So I've got really supporting school. Um, but, yeah, it's like, um, wake up. Like, when I was... It was like, before I um, went back to school after my operation, it was wake up, like, work for, like, eight hours, like, just having, like, lunch breaks and stuff, and then, like, edit a video, upload the video, bed... And then repeat. So it was difficult, but I mean, it's... It's your passion. It's my passion, you know. And you make time for that. Exactly. Do you think there's a gap in in the education system for how to start a YouTube channel? Because, you know, in university, a lot of people do debating and that really helps then for careers in the future, like in politics and and law. Do you think there's something to be said for schools to to teach kids about how to start a YouTube channel? I do think that um, there's a gap um, in schools to talk to them a bit more about their futures mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of kids don't really know where life's going to take them and a lot of kids these days do want to be a YouTuber and don't really know how to go about that um, and so I think um, that either YouTubers c- could come into schools um, and educate kids on how to pursue that dream or career or even they could be taught it in like a PSHE mm-hmm. lesson or like yeah. have a day about um, jobs in the future um, where they could not just educate them about jobs such as a doctor a lawyer, things like that things that actually kids aspire to be and want to pursue but just don't know how to go about it because it's not really with being a doctor or a lawyer or things like that there are building blocks to getting there mm-hmm. whereas with YouTube it's a lot more You don't really. it's like kind of unknown how to get there and how to make it into a career and obviously the reason that, that you're such an inspiration and, and a role model to, to lots of young people is that oh, you, you that you talk about your health condition in a really eloquent and, and knowledgeable way. Yeah. Um, but where do you draw the line in talking about that online? So I feel like throughout the years I've become a lot more open and honest about my condition because I've realised that people actually want to see what's going on in my life and want to see the more hard parts of my life because it makes them feel less alone, which I love as well when um, people I watch share that. But I think I draw the line when I actually feel that 
I don't want a camera around. So when I was doing my My Life, um, this time round, I will survive. Um, I was very poorly last year and spent most of my time in hospital and in intensive care. And so um, I had an operation um, in August where even though I didn't mind them filming me and my family going into the hospital on the day of the operation, I just said, you know what, I don't want you filming me waiting for the operation because it's the first operation that's a big one that I'm going to have um, out of a series of operations that I need. And I just want to have go through that process with my family. Mm-hmm. And even though it probably would have been good to show that part, if I don't really feel comfortable with showing it I'm going to say that I don't really feel comfortable with showing it and I'll talk about that part in videos or on TV but actually showing it it creates a lot more vulnerability than exactly. just talking about it. Did, did you feel that that's, it's such maturity to yeah. know what you want to do and also sometimes yeah. the bigger thing is knowing what you don't want to do because exactly. I think sometimes you feel like oh gosh I've you, got to you say. have an obligation to say, say yes, yes yeah. to everything did you feel worried about saying no? I think because I'd already done one my life, um, in that one I think I felt a bit more like, oh, like, scared to say no. Um, But I feel like because I knew, like, the production team and um, the woman, Lorna, who films it and produces it, um, she's become a family friend of ours, so she sort of understands me and understands what I want and what I don't want. And so um, I just said to her, you know what, Lorna, like... This is because she, she did ask, you know, can we film this? Because obviously it's a personal thing. And I said, you can film to a certain extent, but then I am going to say to you, I don't want to be filmed anymore. And so I think I've sort of learned that if I'm not happy with what's being filmed and if I if it's got me in it, then I just need to say no because yeah. otherwise they'll never know and I'll watch whatever I've done and just wish I had said no. So, I mean, it's never really a case of, like, not wanting to do it, like, for bad reasons. It's just not wanting to do it if something's too personal and yeah. you want to keep a certain level of privacy. So Yeah, I think this team at um, CBBC are very great, uh, great at that, yeah, aren't they? Like, definitely. I know Kez, the commissioning lady, is so on it in terms yeah, she of is. boundaries, but also creating beautiful stories. Yeah, she knows a good story. Yeah. And so, Nikki, how do you feel that your content has evolved over time? Um, I think when I first started, I was a lot more... I didn't really know what my... Not that I have a niche, because I do quite a lot of videos, but I didn't really have a style of video, so I sort of felt like I had to follow or act how people I looked up to did, um, where I would, you know, do similar videos to them or, like, act a certain way or buy certain things, because I thought, you know, you know they're popular, like, um, I love their videos, maybe I should be like this. But then I think I found my voice and found basically my passions, and I feel like through that my videos have evolved from just, like, you know, makeup and talking about... Even though I love makeup, I still do makeup (laughs) videos. I mean, makeup obsessed. (laughs) But, like, evolved from just, like, this is my favourite eyeshadow to, you know, talking about harder topics and mental health and things that I think are a lot more relatable and below the surface than just a makeup video which I love a light-hearted video don't get me wrong that's escapism for people going through hard times um but sometimes it's nice to do a deeper video or a more vulnerable video to show that yeah I have followers but I also have hard times which aren't always shown on screen and I feel like that's also um played a part in my my life this time because I wanted to show that vulnerability um in a 
visible way. Um, so I just feel like my content has evolved from being more kind of like above the surface to more below the surface where I, you know, talk about the harder times but try my best to take a positive spin on it because, I mean, if I'm explaining, you know, a hardship that I've gone through, I always want to show that there's a light to the end of the tunnel. I've, I'm not going to stay like this. And me going through my medical condition doesn't mean there's someone else going through the same medical condition. But, you know, they can spin it on their life and say, yeah, I'm going through a hard time for a different reason. But, um, you know, Nikki's made it out and maybe I can too. And so I think that's what I really love. Do you feel a pressure then with that in terms of, you? again, you really eloquently say, like, if, you know, if your audience are going yeah. through something, you're kind of with them along the way. Does that come with pressure? I think there's a pressure to be able to connect with all of your audience who are having problems and do message you because there's only so much time in the day that you can really message someone back and have a uh, ongoing um text you know text yeah like dialogue with them exactly because you know there's one message but then you know they'll reply and say thank you and share more about themselves and then you feel like you have to reply back which i always do but because i do that and because i want to build a genuine relationship with my viewers and make them feel like my friends i do feel an amount of pressure to reply to people in a certain amount of time that doesn't seem like I'm ignoring them because I feel like sometimes people can forget that they these like I mean I hate the word creators but these creatives have a lot of followers and a lot of people are messaging them and so they will get back to you but it is hard sometimes there's only like so many hours in a day and there's only so many people you can reply to and so I think in that sense I feel like a pressure but I never feel a pressure to be there for them or um, reply to them because I'll always get round to them it's just when is the um, pressure part but I like to think um, of them as my friends and I hope that they can think of me as a a friend um, because I think my relationship with my viewers is really good um, and if they just don't feel comfortable enough to speak to someone that they actually know um, and have a personal relationship with, whether that be a friend or a family member or someone they trust, then I'm that person that has gone through hard times in a different way maybe that can be there for them or just listen to them and give them some words of advice. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I think it's quite interesting that you don't like the word creators. Because there's yeah. there's been a lot in the press this week as well about the word influencers and how yeah. that's become a negative term. And, and, and we, I mean, we describe we describe what you do as you're a digital talent. Yeah. Is, is that kind of how you would describe yourself when people ask what I you mean, do? 
I just, it's, I've, I've found it quite weird coming to terms with the fact that, like, people want to take pictures with me and, like, want my autograph because I was just a girl that had a really low point in her life where she literally didn't know what to do and, like, had no loves or hobbies or things to get me out of my mindset where so many things were happening with my medical condition and everything was so new and scary. And so I just, that was my little bubble where I could just, you know, like, whether that be, like, pretend and put an American accent <laughs> or just, like, talk about things that um, I loved, like, makeup and things like that. So when, it's crazy because I know, like, I mean, I've got over 600,000 subscribers, yeah. but actually seeing them and people in pictures with me is crazy, like, because they're a number, but then you see them in person, it's just really weird. So, I mean... I, I guess I, my favourite time is, like, YouTuber because okay. it's someone that does videos online on YouTube. Um, but I find it weird when, like, we're called talent because it's kind of like, what is our talent? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, if you're really good at singing or baking or makeup, then, like, yeah. But, like, I just... I don't know. You're a I, talking head. Yeah. That's, yeah, you're a thought leader. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, I've, that's... It's to, be, to be able to, to speak so just, eloquently about those subjects, yeah. that is a talent. I think it's just... I see myself as a person with followers... I mean, I guess you could say that is talent then, but, like, just someone online that talks about their life, really, and people like to hear about it, you know? Yeah, you need but to give I yourself more credit. But I guess there's not really a name for that, is there, really? <laughs> so you've done a number of scaled-up productions. So we've already yeah. touched on My Life, but you've also done your in- interview series yeah. with CBBC. How do you find working with a, a bigger production team? Um, to be honest, at the beginning, I found it quite nerve-wracking because I feel extra pressure because there's more people watching me. Um, which I always find really difficult. That's why, like, on live TV and stuff, like, when there's so many big cameras and stuff, I'm just like, oh, my God, it's not just an interview. Um, but as I've done more and more, I feel like I've just eased into it a bit more because yeah. you get to know the crew and the editors and the producers and the and everyone involved. So, really, they become more like your family and your friends and then they do, like, just, like, the production crew because it's usually the same people every time, um, which is really nice. Um, and now that I've done, like... 25 interviews I mean it's like I know them like the back of my hand really um but at the beginning I found it so scary um and I think when I was on Bake Off as well um that was like the first time I'd done something with the big production company um and there's about like I mean this is a bit of a you know I'm this is a bit of an overstatement but like a hundred cameras like there's cameras everywhere they're like cues microphones like everything like retakes and I think that like that element of being like proper tv scared me a bit because I just had been in my room filming on my ipad and then my dad's video camera like by myself and then it turned to like huge cameras and like loads of people involved and so I think in that sense it was really scary but now I find it a little bit easier however there is a lot more pressure when I'm doing stuff with bigger crews because it's like more judgment and also there's pressure with celebrities because you only get so long with them don't you and as soon as they come in we start filming yeah it's it's just like no warm-up yeah literally like right let's do some stretches like no it's literally just like hi nice to meet you should we start because sometimes we only have like 15 yeah 15 minutes with them and then it's kind of you have to bang out the questions but then it's difficult because I mean you don't really know them so you're also trying to build a like a rapport and relationship with them whilst you're doing it so I mean you just hope for the best that like that that builds up through the interview um but 
Yeah, I feel like my interview skills have got better as I've gone along. I watch back on um, like my first few interviews, and I, I just think you could have like stopped that question there, or like you could have said instead of um, you could have said this. But I think that's what's really nice is that you learn from your mistakes and you just don't do them the next time. Um, but yeah, who are you most scared to interview? Oh, I mean, Theresa May must be up there. Yeah. She's the PM. I, mean, I feel like Nicole Scherzinger. Really? <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> she'd swallow you she's, up. She's yeah. so nice. Um, after I got out of hospital in June, she actually came to visit me um, in, at my house. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. So that was really exciting. She's so, so nice. I was really nervous to first meet her, but I actually met her before I interviewed her at Pride of Britain briefly. Yeah. So that sort of meant that she knew who I was, kind of. Yeah. Um, so it made well, it a lot easier. We go way easier. back. Yeah, we go way back. Both Nicole's, like Nikki and Nikki. Exactly. Um, New TV show. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like every single person I interview, I get nervous for. I literally, I get nervous for everything. Like people are like you're so confident, which I am, but I get so nervous before everything. Like even things I don't need to get nervous for, which sometimes I thrive off of, or, and sometimes it can be a hindrance. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always get nervous interviewing everyone, but the PM was definitely up there because I just didn't know how to act. Like, Yeah, like, like do you bow? Do you I could. Do you <laughs> like, nice to meet you. Like, I was in her office. Like, I was just, oh, wow. you know, it's trying to build a rapport with the Prime Minister is pretty difficult. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and um, so what do you feel like, do you feel traditional TV channels could do more to connect with digital creators? I feel like they definitely are doing more now. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's still a long way to go. Um, I think that a lot of TV channels are sort of not stuck in their ways, but have ways that they like of doing things and don't really branch out. Whereas I feel like um, YouTube and online um, and social media is a lot more creative um, and free. And I think it would be nice to do something where it's a little bit more free and less, um, I guess less constructed like most tv things are um i think it would be nice like even though we're making a lot of movements in like mental health and things Mm -hmm. like that i think it would be really nice um if they did some like maybe like vlog style videos um because i feel like it's nice when videos are filmed in a little bit more of an intimate and personal way because then the viewers feel more like they're connecting um with uh the person doing the video and so i think they could learn to connect with their audience better by doing more videos that they can relate to and that are less constructed like having loads of cameras everywhere yeah. and things like that um almost like like x factor exactly. it's so overly produced exactly. now, and i think a lot of people would like to go back to whenever yeah. they were just all in a room and there's just one yeah desk. which i love like and just a little microphone above. exactly <laughs> like that's what i love like and i feel like it would be really nice if some things went back to that. I think it's still nice to have the constructed stuff because, I mean, that's what you want on TV and the more polished stuff than what YouTube is. But I think you also need to find a balance of both because Mm -hmm. if it's too constructed, it can feel almost fake in a way. Um, And so I think finding that balance of reality um, with, you know, vloggy style videos and um, videos where they talk about, you know, relatable things and also... Um, highly pr- produced videos then I think that would be really good if they just worked in a little bit more freedom yeah so who do you like to watch online so I think when I started it was the like OGs like you know Zoella, Tanya Burr, Jim Chapman, Alfie Days, them people um, and I liked how it, they almost made their viewers seem like their friends which is what I try and do I really like building a relationship with my viewers 
now I kind of jump from different channels because I have so many passions now. Um, I love like James Charles. I think everyone loves James Charles <laughs> um, because I love how passionate he is for makeup um, and how he's, I mean, he's growing. He's a superstar. Right? He is, isn't he? So talented. Um, so I love him. I love Nikki tutorials. I love how creative they are. Um, and then sometimes like, I don't know. I watch so many different people. Sometimes I watch, you know, singing videos. So I love, like, uh, there's a guy called Alex Iono, who's mm-hmm. um, a singer. Um, I love his videos because he's so uh, creative with, like, mashups. Um, and then sometimes I'll watch Zoella as well. Not as, like... I feel like before I just religiously watched just certain YouTubers, where now I sort of float around yeah. and, like, will type in a certain video I want. Just say I, I, I type in, like, vlogs. If I'm wanting to, like, watch a vlog while I do my makeup, I'll just click on whatever one looks good, which I think is nice than having to just stick to certain people because you just find out more people that maybe have less subscribers that are actually really good. So lots of people, just depends what mood <laughs> I'm in. And, and just to finish off, do you have a, a career bucket list? Is there certain goals that you still want to Ooh, tick off? So I've literally got the list Ooh. on my phone. Oh, right. Can you share with us? Play. Are you listening, Lewis? <laughs> that was a quick look to the manager there. Um, right, let's see. There's not loads on it. It's not like a long list, but let's see. Okay, so merch has a tick on it because mm-hmm. I've brought out some merch. Um, and we're currently sort of talking about doing a book. I'd love to do like a teenage advice book mm-hmm. um, about like, I'd love to do like a cookery book as well within that maybe or on the side, but um, about, you know, coping with school, revision, mental health, confidence, things like that. Um, and also like healthy lunch recipes, things like that. Basically like a teenage survival guide kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I'd love to do a makeup line at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be so cool. Um, and then I've also been doing a little bit of singing recently. I've always loved to sing. Um, again, it's like a coping mechanism for me. And I've recently, um, last year, wrote a couple of songs um, about like mental health and just hard times and how you can just make it into a positive. Because sometimes I feel like it's hard to talk about how you're feeling, but singing it seems to be easier in some way when you write down your thoughts and sing them. And so that's what I did um, last year. And I've made a couple of songs about my feelings and just the ups and downs of my life. So I'd love to um, make them like into actual music one day. But the only thing is I hate singing in front of people. Mm. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work Adele out. still does. So it's happened to oh, the does best she? Yeah, she has awful stage fright. Oh my God, so do I. Apparently every time she goes to, to do a gig, she throws up. Oh, she goes on stage. No way. Yeah. Oh my god, she still Happens does the it. Best. Though, so, and her voice is amazing. Yeah. So. Well, I, I was going to say you're you're only fourteen and you've already achieved so much more than people I do have, in their whole yeah, lives. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm sure you can make anything happen. Oh, thank you. That would be amazing. Like I've got like the little tick emoji. So every time I like <laughs> accomplish something, I just do the little green tick. It's so, so satisfying. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? Just it's like a to do list. <laughs> oh, thanks for talking to us, Nikki. Thank you for and have a great me. time at VidCon. Oh, thank you. You too. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about us, we're on Instagram at BBC Studios TalentWorks. This podcast is produced by Shola Alegi for BBC Studios. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.